Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 10th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Brandt. I'm a myth and a legend. Yay. No, nobody knows who you are. That's <laughs> right, the point. Exactly. That's the point. Exactly. Nathan. I'm a cryptid. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. You're all the way in from Kansas City-ish. Uh, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. But you, we in met in Kansas yeah, City. People in the Midwest will drive to a meet and greet. You're a very it. good yeah. person. That's right. We did meet at the Kind of Funny World Tour meet and greet there. Yes. You'd hit me up weeks before saying, hey, I Twitch stream. Yep. I'd like to take advantage of you bringing on smaller creators. Mm -hmm. And I said, fuck off. And you're like, well, I'm going to see you next week. You're like, fuck shit. All right, we can talk about so it. So I cornered it you out. in a bar. It turned out you knew your shit and you're good at it. Thank you. So Nathan, what I need you to do, of course, is explain yourself to everybody here. Who are you? What do you do? What are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> Well, I'm Nathan, a.k.a. Two-Headed Giant on Twitch. Um, I stream a lot of Nintendo games, retro games. I've been making my way through, like, the Kirby games, Kirby. Like, all of them. So yeah. I love them. How's that going? Great. Okay. You can get them done in, like, one stream. Oh, it's, nice. It's okay. great. Just be like, today we were playing just this, and it's done, and I don't have to pick it up in another day and be like, where was I? What is Kirby doing today? But, <laughs> where were we in the story of Kirby? <laughs> yeah. Has he found King DDD yet? <laughs> he, he usually does. Yeah? Okay. But, yeah, no, um, stream four times a week. Got my dog with me. What's your, got, what kind of dog? Sheltie, she's okay. blind and deaf. Okay. We got a, we okay. got a dog cam, multiple dog cams that I can okay. switch through. Okay, good, good, good. I got hue lights that can change colors. You Depending get, on you, the dog's mood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a chat bot that we had. Oh, made. that's so, awesome. So yeah, you can go and be exclamation point lights blue and it'll turn all my lights blue. Oh, that's really, really cool. Yeah. So. so how did you get to here? Like what, like... What do you do for a living? Are you a full-time Twitch streamer? Or oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, now, how did you get here? Playing. I understand I was, that I was, was going to yeah. make that joke, but you know. Um, so I'm an accountant. So I, ju I do. Okay. I, I Twitch stream on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Like I sent I sent it in, in an email to you, but I was like, I went to broadcast school in Michigan, went to film school in Chicago. Yeah. And of course, now I'm an accountant in that's Nebraska. That's the natural. That's a natural <laughs> so, progression, isn't it? So it's just a side thing, but it's something that you know I want to do right. Want to make it. Want to make it all look good and feel nice and have good assets and have all that set up and make it look like I do it professionally. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it comes off. I think it, it plays well. Like I said, you sent the clips in. I watched the clips. I thought they were good. And then, of course, talking to you and you knowing your shit about games. And, and now you're wearing a PlayStation shirt. So, I mean, it checks out. You I know. know what I mean? Yeah. It, all, it all checks out. I didn't even out. know. I didn't even know that the state of play thing was going to be what we were going to be talking you're perfectly about today when brand. I bought this shirt. But Well, that's one of the things we will be talking about, ladies and gentlemen. That there, state of play. That there, ghost recon reveal. And, of course... What's going on with this new Wolfenstein? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, you can go there, give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, and everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you today, the Kind of Funny Games E3 Showcase is happening June 10th, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time over on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We are doing yet another Kind of Funny Games Showcase. Right. This, of course, all because of your support on patreon.com slash kindoffunny and patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. During the month of January, it was one of our fundraising goals. I didn't think we'd hit it. We did. So now I have a lot of work to do. But... <laughs> As you know, you guys made the first Kind of Funny Game Showcase such a huge success that it has been very easy this time around with many, many, many an indie developer showing up to talk about what they have, their wares, announcements, release dates, day and date things. It's going to be a big, jam-packed, hour-long show, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, uh, June 10th. That is E3 Monday, of course. Uh, only on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We're not doing Twitch this time. We are doing a YouTube premiere to keep all the views and chatter centralized in one place rather than break it up. We hope you'll come join us. And then afterwards, we'll roll right into the kind of funny pre-show for the Square Enix press conference. Should be pretty fun. We're going to talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, right now, thank you, of course, to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today, we're brought to you by Hims and 23andMe, but I'll tell you about that later. Nathan? Yes. We didn't cover. When do you stream on Twitch.tv slash Two-Headed Giant? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Time to whenever it's time to go to bed. Gotcha. But right now, when are you going to be back? Because you're out here for a wedding, right? Yeah, I'm here until Tuesday. So Wednesday, next Wednesday will be, this upcoming Wednesday will be the, the first time I'm back. So. Okay. Good. I wish you luck. Thank you. Until then, though. 
This is what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Barrett, before we go into it, how you feeling? Every news, you were sick. You had a, you, you took some days off. You're sick. You're drinking the Gatorade over there. How you feeling right now? How your toes doing? I, uh, my, my toes are great. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I'm, I'm feeling better. Just a little congested, but uh, the... Uh, I'm not like drained of energy. Cool. My throat doesn't hurt anymore. Perfect. That's um, perfect. I'm not sweaty anymore. Do you oh, think I'm, this I'm is, sweaty, but like the usual sweat. Is this evidence I shouldn't bring you to meet and greets anymore? Because it seems like they kill you. I I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Vancouver did. The little to me. constitution can't take because exactly. when we, the the day that we were there, I wasn't sick, but I had a headache all day. Yeah. And then of course the next day I woke up, I was like, ah, oh, I feel great. And then three hours later, Canadian radiation. Yeah. Yep. yep. I was worried that you guys were gonna get me sick. Coming in here, I was like, everybody's talking about how they're sick. It's kind of funny, and I, I don't want to roll up there. But by the time that, the it's all incubated out at that point. You know, unless Joey walks in and she's like, I'm feeling sick, then it's worked her, her way. But usually Joey's like patient zero. You can mm, never keep track. Yeah. And then we all, what'll happen is they get shared to the girlfriend's wives. Then they get back into the uh, the apartment. And it's like, it's just and never you got the their whole workplace. There was a time where sick, it was yeah. really bad. Where anyways, I dug <laughs> Number one, let's talk about the PlayStation State of Play. Of course, yesterday was PlayStation's second State of Play event. They had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. About. And I, when I say a whole bunch of stuff, I don't mean it was 10 minutes. It felt like they crammed a lot in, though. Yes. Yeah. They may, they might have spent too much time on Monster Hunter World Iceborne, yeah. which is where we'll start. But, hey, there's more at Monster Hunter World coming. Uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox will get it September 6th. It'll come to PC in the winter. Uh, Capcom says this isn't just your average expansion. In fact, we can tell you that the volume of gameplay content in Iceborne will rival that of Monster Hunter World, with even more quests to face this time around. Uh, you can get an Iceborne Master Edition. This is physical. For for 60 bucks. It'll be for PlayStation and Xbox One. It contains both World and Iceborne, the expansion. Uh, there's going to be pre-orders for soon. Then there's a deluxe uh, Master Edition for Iceborne that's 80 bucks in North America only. It's a physical version of the PlayStation 4 or Xbox that comes with a premium steelbook de- depicting a clash between our new main monster, Valhalla, and the big bad of the world, Neragante. This limited edition contains World, the Iceborne expansion, and the Iceborne deluxe kit which contains a bundle of cosmetic DLC items. Pre-order pages are going to be live soon. And then you can simply buy Iceborne digitally if you want for 40 bucks on your console or platform of choice. Uh, there is also a digital deluxe edition of Iceborne for 50 bucks that includes the expansion and a bundle of cosmetic DLC items. Um, I want to get through it all. We can double back to okay, it, I think. Sure. You think that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. The other big thing for me was that they talked about uh, Predator Hunting Grounds. This is a brand new game from Illphonic. These are, of course, the developers who made Friday the 13th. Different publisher this time around, Sony Interactive Entertainment, teaming up with 20th Century Fox. Yes, that means that this is another asymmetrical multiplayer game, and it means that it is exclusive to the PlayStation 4. It's coming in 2020. Uh, then we had Medieval's release date, October 25th. Riverbond gets an indie cross. Crossover with Shovel Knight, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, Guacamelee. That's coming out this summer. You can be a sugar glider in Away the Hell Survival yeah. Series. Hell There's yeah. a Days of Play PlayStation 4, not PlayStation 4 Pro. PlayStation 4 coming in June. And then at the end, most importantly, they showed more of Final Fantasy VII Remake. All it right. still exists. Yeah, and we're go. getting more at E3, or at least in June, which you assume is going to be yeah, E3. Yeah, at the orchestra event or something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Nathan, what did you think of the second State of Play? So, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was better than the first one for sure. Um, I felt like they gave away the Final Fantasy VII thing at the beginning, like... I right, with the I, ding and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it's like... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I like. It also got... I mean, like, Square, what Wright was tweeting about it beforehand, like, the day before, of, like, you should watch this State of Play thing. Well, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it gave away the surprise a little bit. But anyway. I hear... No, I think that's, that's a part of the equation, right? Yeah. Of what State of Play is going to be and the way that... I don't know if they're trying to hold megaton surprises for it. Like, granted, yeah. Iron Man, Predator, whatever, these are cool surprises, but they're not... The world's just shifted, right? Like right. you know, like when it, something happens at E3, like when we saw Final Fantasy VII remake for the first the time. The Year of Dreams, yeah, exactly, yeah. right. I feel like here they're trying to still set that expectation of what this is going to be, and I wonder if people liked this one so much more because I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I think this was a better put together, not VR focused, so it appeals to more people. Yeah, uh, you had bigger announcements in it. I wonder if people like this more because now, again, like we talked about with the first one, that set the bar for what this is going to be, right. and for a lot of people, it did disappoint. So now, what is state of play? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that like. Like with Monster Hunter, it felt like there were like two trailers for Monster Hunter. Like it was one. really long. It, I mean, it was long enough in the reaction. Tim's like, "All right, let's get moving." Because I it's saw that and three I was like, minutes of I was this like, in a ten minute presentation. I had that thought right when he said it. I was like, 
All right. Let's wrap it up. What <laughs> but, are we doing but, but over a, here? It's a hefty expansion. I mean, it's going to be there for $40. So you I would, mean, yeah, they're talking about it being as big, right? As it, or it's, it's sold, not bigger than it. Monster it's like Hunter World. Capcom's best-selling game like ever. So, yeah. of course, they'll go all in with DLC and try to get as many people as they can to get that DLC. And, I, and that was the thing is like this was an interesting way to start, right? Because there's a long pre- trailer of it followed by... They're doing their own presentation uh, later today. Go check it out. Well, and didn't they say that they they were going to focus on medieval? Yeah. Like, and and then it yeah. was like you really just focused on Monster Hunter World. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Capcom's got their own their own thing to sell over here. Their own thing to get people excited I about. Know, yeah, it was ten minutes and like like four of it was Monster Hunter World. But yeah. it looks really cool for those that are interested in it. You fight a giant moose. Yeah. It's like a moose T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty there were cool. some bats out there and stuff. Uh, you yes. know, snowy environment. We, you know, here, it, uh, kind of funny, we loved Monster Hunter World. We played a yeah. ton of it. Yeah. But like, it was the same thing when the trailer was going. I was like, this looks cool. Tim was like, will it bring you back? I'm like, no. It's just like, it's not because I don't want to play that game. It's not because it's just like, these kind of games, games as a service, those giant op- games, are their own language, well, and I can't remember how to fucking play Monster Hunter. Exactly, it. It, it doesn't. It's not even like games as a service for me. Like I got Horizon and played it like pretty heavily, and then Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. And once I was done with Breath of the Wild, because I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Yeah. Like I, I went back to Horizon. I was like. I don't know how to fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, dude. Where Even with the Frozen Wilds DLC, there was a couple, like an hour of like, I was I'm I was badass when I left this game and platinum it. Now I'm back there. I'm like, what the? Tripping how do I? My what do I do? What shit? do I yeah, do? Yeah. How do I make this happen? That's always the trouble with these kind of games. But mm-hmm. for people who haven't played, for people who want to get back into, it, and the fact that if it is as big as they say it is, it might be kind of like starting Monster Hunter Two. So I don't know if I started with right. my character if I'm going to get the whole. Here's the tutorial. Here's how it's right. all working. Yeah. So which would be something for me. So hopefully to be be pretty hefty for me. Well, did but. Final Fantasy VII move the needle for you? Um, I'm conflicted on it. I like replayed Final Fantasy VII like maybe six months ago. Yeah. Just kind of randomly, I felt like you know doing it. Um, and, As one does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm gonna like the battle system. It looks like you mm. can switch between characters. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's still gonna be episodic. Like I saw some people on Twitter saying that press releases hinted at it being episodic. Oh really? I still. didn't see. That. I didn't see that. Um, but so we'll see if that's a thing. Because um, they only showed like the very beginning, like Midgar, like section. Sure. Um, everything looks really great. Barrett looks awesome. He does look. Yeah, well, he does look yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, look both both right. Barretts look great. Yeah. Um, but no, like you know, Aerith, like it, it all looks really good. But I'm. I'm worried that they're going to lose like the kind of zaniness of Final Fantasy VII, like all the weird. There we go. Derek Courtney has pulled this up out of there, but yeah. I know it will go poorly if I read that. So I'm going to read from Eurogamer.net. <laughs> okay. all right, all right. <laughs> Where Wesley Yin Poole has written, Square Enix has reiterated its plan to release Final Fantasy VII Remake as an episodic title. This is filed today. Uh, the publisher revealed new footage of Final Fantasy VII Remake for the first time in three years during Sony's recent State of Play broadcast, prompting questions over the release of the ambitious PlayStation 4 title. In its Japanese press release, thanks Silicon Era, Square Enix stressed Final Fantasy VII Remake will come in separate parts rather than all at once as it was originally sold on PlayStation 1. The footage released yesterday shows action in and around Midgar, the setting of the opening of the 1997 Japanese role-playing epic. It shows familiar set pieces and characters' actions from the early part of the game. So you wonder if it's going to be like, you know, this will be disc one, will be like episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, the I think the one of the sub-headlines for that article was, what does this mean for PS5? You know, if it took this long to get episode one going, you know, you hope that they have the other episodes at least cooking. Like, is this what, you know, PS5 is going to be backwards compatible, so it wouldn't be too big of an issue. But like, I don't know. And like I said, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to lose kind of the zany spirit. Like you fought a house that shot missiles at you in, sure. in one section. Sure, and like, sure, sure. Um, Maybe so, those elevate that though, right? Like, and make it more modern in terms of that zaniness. They did show like the one monster that's like a, a train with arms or whatever mm-hmm. and feet mm-hmm. that you fight, and so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully it'll it'll retain that spirit. But like, I don't know. I wasn't too hot on Final Fantasy 15. I wasn't too hot on uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. So I don't have like a whole lot of. You're not looking. You're, I don't you're have you're a lot of Tatooine Mora, this, yeah. like yeah, like faith right now. But um, I, I don't know. Anything can be good. So soup rights in. To patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hi, Greg and Nathan. I just watched the PlayStation State of Play event and was a little confused as to why Square Enix would want to show off Final Fantasy VII's trailer so soon before E3. 
From what I remember from last year, Square Enix's E3 show was considered to be one of the worst by many, as they didn't have much to show outside of Tomb Raider and Kingdom Hearts 3. The silence on Avengers didn't help either. My question is, why not just wait the extra month? I feel like there would be more hype if for, for this, I'm sorry, if they just showed Final Fantasy for the 7 for the first time in so long during their show. We've already waited a long time with no details, and now they break the suspense by reminding us that it's still a thing, but tell us to wait another month for details? <laughs> now the man- magic of the long-awaited reveal is diminished. Maybe it's just me because I was never big into Final Fantasy. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Well, we got our long-awaited reveal like in 2015, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's it always comes down to marketing and yeah, you got to build hype. You got to. And granted, maybe this isn't the right way to do it, but I still think the trailer they showed was okay. Cool, it gave enough and to show you it's the early part of the game. It gave you enough for them to say it's episodic. It now gives them enough to come out on stage. You hope. And be like, here's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Here's how it plays. Here's what it does. Here's what this content you're getting in Episode One is. Here's the release date. Here's the price. Here's when you're getting it. Yeah, there, in that trailer, there was enough to glean details from it, but they didn't explicitly say details. So you hope that in the E3 conference, they're going to say, "All right, this is episodic. It will come out here, here, and here. Don't worry about PS5. We got you covered. You know, yeah. whatever they're going to say about it, or you know, how, how like where it's going to take place and how long it's going to be, and all that sort of stuff. And, and pricing. so, I, you know, I think you bring up a good point. Soup, and that's funny to talk to Soup. The I think when people were like, "Oh, well, who's going to take the six o'clock spot on Monday?" Right? Who's going to take the the curtain bow of E3 presentations? It was going to be you. <laughs> it was going to be kind of funny uh, game showcase, but we got screwed. Right? Uh, I don't think Square was on the tip of many people's tongues because it was such a lackluster performance last year. Yeah. And so now that you get there, I think they took it, and it was for a lot of people. All right, are they going to shit the bed again? And so now they get to come out and be like. Nope, here's an ad for our conference right. during Sony's conference yeah. or Sony's showcase, right? Of like, guess what? We're gonna have we're confirming Final Fantasy VII will be there. If you are a Final Fantasy VII fan, as the world is, you need to be there too and watch what this is gonna be. Yeah, I think it bumped it up from yeah, sure, I'm gonna watch it too. I might stream me watching it. You know sure. what I mean? Like, it's- and then it gets really interesting when you think of traditionally again last year where I thought they did show too much at Xbox and then reshow the same stuff during Square. Right? Yeah. Are they gonna do that with Avengers? Is, did Xbox throw some dollars at them to get Avengers out on stage for them to show for the first time what Avengers is? Or is it going to be, that's the one you hold? That's the one you... We haven't talked about Avengers in forever. Let's actually show this game and blow people's socks off. Do you hold that and not tease it at all? Do you do you think that the Avengers game is like in the sort of public's... You know, mind of like this is they might this is a Square Enix game that will happen. I, I think, think it's in in if you're listening to kind of funny games daily. I think it's in your mind there. Sure. Mainstream public, fuck no, they don't even know that game exists. Right, exactly. And that's the, but that's what E3 is all about. Is it's meant to be here's something that catches you off guard. You you had a day of announcements. That's always my favorite thing. It happened all the time at PlayStation. It happens all the time at Xbox mm-hmm. in the old days, where you'd be watching presentations and conferences all day, and by the time you'd get to whatever you're in, you'd be like, oh fuck, it's this game. I forgot about this game. Like yeah. you hope that's where they're yeah. at with this. I. I would think that, you know, Xbox would be, I, th- I think a lot more casual people would watch Xbox's conference instead of, you know, Square Enix. the gamble, right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, maybe they have like a teaser there and say, you know. And I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. A little hate teases but, within teases. But, but, you know, it's, this it's one, annoying for people like you, but I think for, for a lot of people that are people like. like me? <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I think for a lot of like more casual people, a little teaser of like oh shit they're making an avengers game yeah i didn't even know that and i'm I, gonna and, what's square enix i don't and that know that goes to soup's point or i guess i uh, answer to soup's question the yeah. reason you do this is to reach a different audience yeah the people who are going to watch the square enix press conference on uh june 10th at 6 p.m right are square enix fans yeah they already know they like square enix they're probably already ready already gonna buy this you, how do you break out of that how do you find new people how do you get them excited yeah. about it so i don't have, see each other's excitement feed off of each other yeah i don't have a problem with them you know having smaller little teasers beforehand just because you know you can't assume that everybody is like you know as big of a square enix fan as everybody who's wanting like whatever the shirtless mickey dlc for kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> is gonna be or whatever so. uh borzin zero zero writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and if i may borzin you are a frequent contributor. You no longer have to spell out how to say your name. I We, we will know. remember Borzin00. Zero zero. We know. Uh, good morning, Greg and Nathan. Final Fantasy VII Remake was shown again with more information being shared for next month. But next month is next month. I want wild speculation now. <laughs> My question regarding the remake is, do you think we'll see it within a year? Remember The Last Guardian, another piece of Sony vaporware, was released a year and a half after it was reintroduced. Borzin00. Zero zero. Um... I think we could. I think if anything, we'll get a date from June's whatever. 
Yeah. I think we will... What do you think it'll be? It's going to be... I don't know. I want to say it's going to be March 2020. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be this soon. Just because Nomura doesn't really have a good track record of putting something out, sure. you know, with expediency. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they've been working on this for yes, a while. They, now, granted, there's been they conversations. They also restarted, They're restarting too, yeah. it. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> so, I, think, I think they're going to be bold, and I think they're going to say winter. Yeah, I'll play it whenever it comes out, but yeah. I, I'm 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 thinking that it's going to be spring next year. But yeah. I'd love to be wrong. Yeah. I, I would love to play this, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> if it well, came it's like out. when you start running through what does Square's lineup look like. Not that that ever matters for 2019 or Square or any real big publisher, right? <laughs> Who knows what they're But doing. you figure, where the fuck is Avengers? Like that that was forever ago, and we've seen nothing. The fact that we've seen nothing makes me feel it's not close. It's not like they're going to come out and be like, "Cool, it's coming out this fall." That's, That's got to be like next gen at this point. You got to. You think it's next gen at this point? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if we're we've been talking about so long that like realistically getting next gen consoles mid to late next year, you you think that they might want to hold it for that kind of launch? I think I don't. I think to. I don't. I see. I think it's the opposite of them, mm-hmm. right? Because I think they want this. Holding your game for launch is a first party move when you have when you're trying to sell the console. Right. Square Enix wants to get as much of, and I'm sure Marvel Games wants as much return as this as possible. So it's going to be cross platform, you assume, or no? It, it what is, if, it I is, think it'll be cross gen probably. Cross gen to sorry. that point, I, I mean, it'll be whatever they figure. Well, maybe not. I guess the problem is I don't know anything about the fucking game. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know we could like, speculate it all day, all day exactly. but then it's like, oh, it's an RTS. Oh, oh exactly. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, I would say, at bare minimum, it is definitely going to be PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PC. Not that that matters. Maybe right. if it does really well, or it's you know, I don't even know. If it's rumors of you know of being, if it's a multiplayer thing, then yeah. If it's like you know, persistent world, yeah, like that kind of crap, then yeah. You'd want to see it move to the next gen, depending how much they put into it. I just want a good for like one player game, <laughs> dude, I'm, dude. Don't get me wrong; like yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. Who is Crystal Dynamics? Right? They yeah. are the people who make fucking Tomb Raider, yeah. an amazing single player story driven game. Good traversal, and, but then and it just gets weird because you have so many different Avengers. So like, how do you, you know, I mean, is that are we switching off? And then is that fun? Do I? But then again, I don't want to be one just Avenger. Yeah, like, you don't want to get to the, like the Hawkeye levels and be like, ah, I'm gonna just have dinner. I'm but then it's interesting this. too of like you figure with you know the way Marvel games shakes everything out, right? You have uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 dropping, which mm-hmm. granted isn't an Avengers game, but it is. I can switch to whoever I want to yep. be. So if they want to give me a single player Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics and they want it to be that, guess what? You are Iron Man. You are Thor. Maybe you're just three of those people. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe the we centralize three. the cast that way, right? Yeah. It's you. It's Iron Man, uh, Cap, and Black Widow, right? Like, sure. Do something that way. That could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see what the fuck this game is. But the fact that we've seen nothing about it just doesn't make me believe that it's going to be. It makes me worried. It makes me worried. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I hope that it's going to be good. Well, you wonder, Anything t- can be good. you wonder too, like, so, okay, cool. From when they started working on it and announced it, right? We now live in a post Spider-Man PlayStation 4 world. Yeah. So is that the thing where they were playing that game and like, fuck, we, we got to go back. N- and we work are not on this. on this level. We need to figure this out. And that's why it's been silent. Or is right. it that are they, maybe I'm just totally wrong and they, they are going to do, Hey, guess what? E3, here's what Avengers is. And it's out in. September. It's out in yeah, November. That's a good point because I mean I think the very worst thing you can say about Spider-Man PS4 is, like at worst, it's a very good foundation for future games. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, eh, it's kind of bland. It's kind of like it's a you know triple A ass game. Most people are game. stupid. <laughs> but it's a very good game. But so I, I feel like if you're working on an Avengers game and you see Spider-Man come out the gate literally swinging like sure. that, you, you're like, oh, we got we can't make this be like, oh yeah, that game where you know Thor does a thing for yeah, a little while. You know, exactly. it's got to be like the best Thor game ever. Hundred percent. Yeah, you have to nail that, right? Of like what it would feel like to be Thor. And I th- even if we're talking about Thor, right? Like, guess what, everybody? Fucking God of War crushed. Well, the first time I got <laughs> Leviathan back in my hand, I was like, oh my god. Yep. <laughs> so if your Thor mechanics don't feel like that, you have a fucking problem yeah. for being they a. They have a mountain to climb. Exactly. And I don't know if they knew that when they started off. Obviously, they knew Avengers popular. Obviously, they have a their own. Uh, 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 pedigree of Crystal Dynamics to live up to, but yeah. It's their game to lose right now. Exactly. Basically. And then, like, as we're doubling back through all this, of course, the most important information Predator Hunting Grounds. Get fucking hype, son. I am so fucking excited. And let me tell you, people on Twitter wanted to come for my fucking face when I said I was, but I don't care. I, Let's it, lay it out, Nathan. Looks awesome. Why you should be excited. Mm-hmm. It's Predator. First off, cool. It's asymmetrical <laughs> multiplayer. That's always cool, right? Somebody's playing Predator. Somebody's playing as the guy's trying to kill Predator. It's from Ilphonic, the people who did Friday the 13th. Now, that's where I get super excited, Ears and a up. lot of people r- raised red flags. 
here's what I go with that one. Yeah. Remember, of course, Ilphonic started making their game not knowing they were going to have the Friday 13th license. They got the Friday 13th license. Then they, how are you, you're, they're a small developer. How are they going to be fucking ready for Friday 13th to blow up the way it did and the servers to melt down the way it did? They weren't, they, they had to figure it out on the fly. At the time, they were partnered with Gun Media. Well, I shouldn't say that. Gun Media was publishing Friday the 13th, yes. right? Another smaller, had we heard about Gun Media before? I hadn't personally. And so did they have the resources that fucking Sony has? Sony Interactive Entertainment had? No. Now, let's bring it to this level. I, I put in my tweet, of course, like, this, that, 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 I'm so excited, and the fact that it's PlayStation 4 exclusive. Yep. Which, of course, people wanted to attack me and be like, exclusive, I bet. And on top of that, you're just a Sony fanboy. And I'm like, no, motherfucker. What was wrong with Friday the 13th? They had three platforms to work on, and they didn't know how to do it on any of them. Like, yeah. So now you're telling me, Sony Interactive Entertainment is working with the, the these people to make this game and share their resources, and that means, keep in mind, when you're an SIE game, and they made a point to call it first party, right? Yes. Like they do with Spider-Man, that means you have like, uh, Geo Corsi and that team over there, right? Like, that's going to be like, oh, what, what is your problem? How, what do you understand? How are we going to do this? Yeah, it being exclusive is like the most important detail for me going into this because I feel like, you know, the Friday the 13th stuff, all of that, the problems with that were kind of, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of support. Yeah. And then there's all those, the rights issues and they can't. Yeah, that was know, a different thing. You'd yeah. think that, you know, the game would continue to get updates and, and everything. Now and when there's and, a lawsuit against right, Friday exactly. the 13th. <laughs> so, you know, hey, we made a deal with Fox and now we're going to make this awesome game. It's going to have support from Sony. It's going to have, you know, a lot of backing behind it. And I think and it's it, going to be awesome. It, it feels the same way. If you didn't play Friday the 13th, right, what was awesome about it is they had so many different Jasons in there. Yeah. And you'd play through them and be like, oh, cool, there's differences in there. Whatever. You'd then watch the movies and be like, oh, that's why he does this because in the movie he does that. Yep. Like To see what kind of, what they're going to do, what weird shit they're going to do with Predator. You know what I mean? How they're going to make each Predator variant feel different, what you're going to do. Like, I can't fucking wait. So long as they, they have a good balance with the asymmetrical um, exactly. gameplay. Oh, there's a lot of places this could great. go wrong. But on paper right now, this is such a great partnership. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is like a dream like casting for a yeah. game. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, oh, I want exactly. them to make a Predator game. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. So you just got to wait till 2020. Cool. I'm going to be your dead breath. by then. I know, right? <laughs> number two on the Roper Report. Yeah, that's right. We're 30 minutes into the show, and it's number two. Let's talk about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. This is another go-into-the-jungle-and-shoot-stuff game. <laughs> it's coming out on October 4th. John Bernthal, the, the Punisher and from Shane from The Walking Dead, is in it, even though he's in the DLC right now for Wildlands. Looks like they're bridging the, bridging gap. the gap. Get yep. the stories going. <laughs> uh, it's coming to, obviously, PlayStation uh, 4, Xbox One, and it's coming to the Epic Game Store, not to Steam. Whoa. I'm going to go to Joe Scrabbles, a made-up name at no, IGN.com, who has more information very, about Breakpoint. What was very, that, Barrett? Very real person. Very real name. No, he isn't. Yeah. How do you... Barrett what? thinks the Loch Ness Monster is Exactly. Real. Show me proof. I met a guy at Dice who said he was Joe Scrabbles. Paid actor. Exactly. <laughs> he had. You know, what he, you know what he sounded like? Oi, Gavner! And so, like, literally anybody and from the UK he, can be... He, he, he might have needed to use his real name, Joe Scrabbles, to get into the United States, you know? But again, once he's in here, you can just make up a name. I can okay. I can say my name. I can I can go to UK right now, and then when I get there, be like, guess what, everybody? I'm Peter Pepper, and that's it. And they'll be like, oh fuck, this is Peter Pepper. Uh, you make a good point, Peter. Thank you. Got that Peter Pepper passport. Peter Pepper passport. <laughs> Joe Scrabble says Breakpoint is set on the fictional Arpelago. I can never say that word. Remember this one. Ar Arpelago. Arpelago of Aurora in the Pacific Ocean. Set for release on October 4th for PC, Xbox One, and PC, the game will follow on from Wildlands by allowing full four-player co-op across its stealth-action-focused open world. It will also launch... It will also launch with an as-yet <laughs> unspecified PvP mode. New features include a class system, although you can swap between classes freely, loot in the open world, light survival elements, and prone camo. The ability to slather yourself in mud to avoid detection. Oh, yeah. Post-launch, the game will also add endgame raids. Breakpoint catches up with the Wildlands team leader, Nomad, stranded on a fictional Pacific island. You will be contending with a rogue ghost, Cole D. Walker, played by the Punisher's John Bernthal, who was introduced in to Wildlands last week. God, I hate it when I got the burps in the middle of a story. It's you know okay. what I mean? It's okay. Um, you care about? Did you play Wildlands a lot? No, but I mean, uh, Ubisoft games have been killing it lately. Of course, like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, they've have they been kind of shying away from like big, like the the um, Monster Hunter type DLCs where it's just like here's forty dollars. Yeah, they put out yeah, yeah, like Giant Spanches. Sure. I mean, like uh, Odyssey had stuff like that, but like, sure, yeah. But they've been kind of putting out like their own like DLC games, if you want to say. Of course, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So. I have confidence that, that it'll be good. I mean, people loved Wildlands, 
and you know this looks like a different enough take to warrant a new game sure. and not yeah, we, just DLC. We liked Wildlands at E3 when we did it, and then we had a party mode where we did it. And I was talking to Scott Lowe when I was playing the Division Two last night. Mm-hmm. The pro- Division Two versus Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands, not right. Breakpoint, right. Um, was the idea that I felt like when Nick went and fucked something up in Wildlands, it fucked up the entire mission. Whereas in Divisions, in Nick or whoever goes down, it's like, oh, whatever, we'll get to you, we'll save it. Where is this? Right. Kevin Coelho, when we all left Wildlands, you kept playing Wildlands. What, I, what? Yeah, I didn't play for too much because it, it, the problem was you need a squad. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you don't have squad, the like uh, single player is just nowhere near as fun. So what is this? Are you excited for Breakpoint? I, I really hope that we can get a little squad, even if it's only for a week or two. You can do kind of funny best friends, too. I'll, uh, I'll squad up with you, Kevin. That's what, you said Here's about, my thing. that's what you said about Wildlands, and I got you a code, and we've never played That's what you said about it. Division yeah. 2, and you dropped out. You never you made it to gear score anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, that's now true. You, 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 you get level 30. Score. Neither mm-hmm. did you, Kevin. Uh, yeah. But, but Kevin's I'm been busy. Kevin's here, been busy. I'm not here DC rubbing in burning, people's face and making promises that I know I can't exactly. keep. Exactly. For this one, what, I mean... Archipelago, by the way. Isn't that how you say that? I think I got there in the end. Did I not? What did I say? You missed the You said like Archipelago. So Archipelago. Yes. Archipelago. Yeah. God, I'm such an idiot. No, it's uh, okay. It's a hard no, I'm just word. a big dumb idiot. I'm just a big dumb idiot, everybody. <laughs> Little Peter. Islands is what we should call it. Guys, I'm one paint huff away from living in Kansas. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, what, Cam. Why the Kansas hate? I'm Where from Mizzou. Come? What do you mean? Uh, anyways, though, stick on back to the video game news and not just me taking shots at a terrible state. <laughs> It says, so the new features include a class system, a loot in the open world, light survival elements, prone camo doesn't do anything for me, uh, end game raids. It sounds like they're going... Dude, the rubbing mud on you doesn't do anything to you? It doesn't do anything for oh me. Oh my god, it gets Different me so strokes. excited. <laughs> yeah, Different strokes. That, that game was so much fun, and I wish that I could have gotten more into it. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm, I'm excited to try this new version, I hope that like, we just get, like, it's... I don't know when it's coming out or anything, but like I hope that there's. I just said it, October fourth. Is there anything else coming around big around there that you care about? Because I hope that it's a little bit. I of mean, drives. Borderlands will have come out September thirteenth, and Medieval. I bet I'll see it. Damn it, Medieval's in October. I mean, that might be. Fuck off! Nobody's gonna play Medieval. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. I'm definitely gonna play. We it. We even talk about. We did the PlayStation run. We're like, oh, I had a Medieval. It's like, like, do you want to talk about Medieval? No. I, I'll I'll definitely try it. I'm looking forward to trying it at E3 and come back yeah. and I'll give you my report. I really feel like. If you take it seriously, and granted, the party mode we did, we did not take it seriously. Sure, and that was a big part of it. Yeah. And it like, but it was really funny content. I thought. But uh, see, that was the thing too, is what it was with Wildlands, where it was we have to take it seriously, where yeah. it is like, all right, three, two, one, I'm <sighs> shooting this thing, blah blah so blah. Cool. But I like Division better, where it's like France trying to count it, and we're like, fuck it, yeah, it's rainy though. It really is like, all right, you guys are just carrying me through this bad boy. Sure. I'm yeah. gonna try to not. Die. Oh, I'm down. Bring me back, please. Come on, let me. It's not worth it to bring up Kevin again. Let me drag you up in Division Two. <laughs> I mean, let I'm me down. I told you that, and I keep being like, "Oh, let's play." And you, you never just play. Kind of you like, never play. You guys aren't going back to uh, Monster Hunter World either. So yeah, but like just, we that might old, old game. No. Is old. Hear the, I, I was do the report today. You know, it's like is it's this expansion. Is, is is bigger than the original game, here's, which makes me sound like it's like kind of like a two. And if we think of it like Monster Hunter Two, maybe we get back in. But here's the thing: lay it on me. We're gonna start playing and not know any of the mechanics. And I mean, like, I mean, I'm thinking it maybe it'll give us a whole like, hey, here's how you play. Again. I also wonder if it's gonna be balanced for people that have already been playing the game too. Yeah, sure, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I had, I mean, we should probably be able to pick up, not be too fucked. I when we last left it, it was like, all right, now you're at the real armor stuff, and you can sure. really yeah, yeah. Bring I was grinding out that we Niragante like, stuff. Remember, I looked hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like lava shit on me. It was awesome. I liked it. It was Hell really yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. No worries, dude. I'll let you know at E3 if I... Uh, well, yeah, I'll probably play it at E3. Right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You'll hear about it. Uh, Tommy Boy wrote in with pretty much the exact same question okay. from before. Of like, Ubisoft announced Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint. But why? E3 is a month away. A brand new recon, Ghost Recon game came out this October. Would be great. Gatorade get hype moment for the press conference. Uh, no, it's the same thing. More people, a lot of people, right, first off, yesterday, they kind of got to own the day along with PlayStation. Yeah. I'm sure they were pretty pissed off when PlayStation announced their thing, too. But, <laughs> hey, we're all talking about Ghost Recon, and, like, at E3, it's the same thing, and there's too much noise. And Ghost Recon is a niche game that you need to get people excited for and know that they have to tune in for and have them start talking and banging the drum like Kevin right there. Yeah, exactly. The the thing that these two questions were asking is, like, ah, you ruined, like, the, the moment of announcing it at E3. It's like, these are not the games that, like... Final Fantasy VII is exciting, but it's not like the big announcement from Square to get people hyped as shit. They already had that moment f- with Final Fantasy VII. Another Ghost Recon, like, that's not going to be Ubisoft's, like, big moment. It'll probably be showing off... Uh Whatever the battle for Atlas Two. Yes. That. Yeah. Imagine it's Square, man. Imagine if it's like, and they're like, oh, and one more thing or whatever, and it just goes black, and then it's just like Avengers. 
assemble and like the shield comes back yeah. and like they fucking run and do some cool shit. Yeah, that'd be fucking. I tight. like cool shit. Yeah, cool shit's cool. Number three, let's go through April's top PSN downloads. This is from the PlayStation blog in for North America. Number one, Mortal Kombat 11. Number two, Days Gone. Number three, World War Z. Number four, Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. Number five, MLB The Show 19. Number six, Minecraft. Number seven, Borderlands The Handsome Collection. Number eight, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Number nine, Tom Clancy's The Division 2. And number ten, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Sekiro, uh... Hanging Stick up. it in there, yeah. Of course. Um, interesting, as we've been talking a lot about lately, you know, Days Gone sales, how it was number one in the UK for a while. It did really well in uh, uh, Japan. It's interesting to see Mortal Kombat on top of it here. Uh, but it's still number two, a great showing for Sony Ben Days yeah, Gone. Yeah. Uh, really great showing for World War Z, a game that, you know, again, I was talking about. I played it at uh, GDC. Didn't really even know what I was going into play. Came out like this is actually really cool, and yeah. I've seen people playing it online and being super stoked about it. And when I say online, I mean Twitch. Uh, actually, having people behind it, and then the same breath, uh, Borderlands Game of the Year edition, right? Yep. A surprise launch alongside the announcement of Borderlands Three and finding a new audience with it. Yeah, I think people want to get hyped for for three and get caught up on mechanics and story and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, makes sense that it's in there. Good for all of them, Barrett. Good for them. Number four, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood has dishonored like levels. Yo, this what? is Shabhankar Par- Parijet at Gaming Bolt. You, you get you did a nod there. Did I not nail that? I got the that first was, part. That was the you did as well as I. Shabhankar Parijet. Uh, it's a really, and by the way, as I'm going to give a shout out here to Shabhankar uh, at Gaming Bolt. I'm not a frequenter of Gaming Bolt. He does a great job of condensing all this information. I'm reading the entire article. Please go to GamingBolt.com and click on this headline to give them a click. Yes. Wolfenstein Youngblood is looking like it's going to be a pretty different experience from Machine Games' previous Wolfenstein titles. Not only because it's set several years after the new Colossus and features different protagonists, but also because it's promising a different brand of gameplay, one that's much more open-ended and allows for greater freedom in terms of exploration and side activities. What's also interesting is that it's being co-developed by Arcane Studios, developers of Prey 2017 and the Dishonored Games, and it seems their influence is certainly going to show. Speaking with the official PlayStation magazine in their July 2019 issue, issue 162, executive producer Jerk Gustafson revealed that the game's level design will have many similarities with what you'd remember from Dishonored titles. He said, quote, I think players will see a lot of similarities to level design in the Dishonored games, so in that sense it can be a little different as an experience, but it can be for the benefit of this game, especially when it comes to finding different ways of approaching a combat scenario or a mission in general. Gustafson also spoke about the content and on offer in the game and its focus on story. He said that though the developers still have fo- I'm sorry, have still focused on story the way they had in previous Wolfenstein titles, the amount of story material in Youngblood is less than its predecessors since the game is now much more open-ended. As a result though, while the story content is shorter, the overall game play time is greater, with a lot more side activities and side quests than previous Wolfenstein games. Quote, the open-ended structure and co-op aspect have made it a little more difficult when it comes to the narrative, he said. We do think we have a strong story, but it's quite different from what we have done before. It's a little bit lighter, not only in tone, but also when it comes to the amount of content, and I think that's the big change when it comes to previous titles. The campaign is a bit shorter, but the amount of gameplay time is greater. Players will be able to stay in the game for a long time, he continued. We'll add additional side missions and new challenges once the campaign is completed. There's a lot more activities and side missions that you can do in Wolfenstein Youngblood than in previous Wolfenstein games, end quote. Fuck yeah. Great news. Yeah? Yeah. I I wonder if people are going to take it as great news. Personally, as someone who, when I demoed Wolfenstein 1 and 2, I was like, holy shit, these games are awesome. Yeah. And then when I got them home, I was like, holy shit, these are the kind of games that remind me I'm awful at shooters. Like, the, <laughs> I'm just not good at this type of shooter. And watching other people play, like, I, I want to play, like, Division of Slow and uh, Peak and Shoot. And it's like, watching other people play where you just have to I, run got, and kill yeah. and fun. I'm like, ooh, that's just not where I want to be. This, yeah. sounds like a game, this sounds like taking the fucking ship tight right uh gameplay of a wolfenstein game and, uh, and giving it more exploration and more co-op and that sounds awesome i'm totally in for that but i worry about will that alienate it and i do want to thank uh jerk gustison for being so honest like you know what i mean i feel like this is stuff that a normal pr ha- uh, person would come in and be like hey no stop <laughs> say, say it's the stop best game saying, we've ever done is, stop yeah. saying it's not like this and it doesn't have as much story yeah, yeah, no, that whole that whole you know quote about it makes me want to play it right, more. Yeah, um, the difference I think, or the the 
the thing is going to be if the things that aren't the gameplay are going to be annoying to go through over and over again, like story stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I love that you can tackle levels differently every time yeah. you go at it. Did this? I'm going to try it with this weapon and this stealth, or you know, yeah, totally, or, or not. Um, I think that's going to be really cool for it, and hopefully, people that like Wolf, Wolfenstein are into it. Yeah, it'll and be a lighter tone too. I feel people trust Machine Games. I feel like they've done so well with this rebooted Wolfenstein universe to find that audience. I yeah. doubt they're going to stray so far from it that it's like. Well, completely foreign. Yeah, I know a lot of people personally that are like, I've never played a Wolfenstein game, but yeah. like this one right here, yeah. I want to play this one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, obviously, E3 right around the corner, Bethesda Conference Sunday night. I'm sure we'll see more about this game before its July release. But July is so far away, Nathan. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to know something more immediate, like say what was coming to the mom and grab shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah, Barrett's back and feeling good. Out today, strap in. I got lots. First off, the God of War making of documentary Raising Kratos is now available on YouTube.com slash PlayStation. All right. Clicked over to it. I was like, how long is this going to be? 30 minutes? Nope. Two hours long. I won't be able to watch this on this vacation. I was like, all right. I started it while I was doing the Games Daily News and like... 10 seconds in, I was like, this is too good. Had to stop. They're already setting up a really good story with young Corey talking now to older Corey and all the whole. And it's like, fuck, dude, this is really good. This I got some real art shit right here. Yeah, I can't wait to see Corey <laughs> Barlog crying because there's nothing more than I love than him getting what a broken. Wuss. You what know a what I mean? Why, Greg? He's a perfect human being. Yeah, he gets such he's a sweet the best. Man. He's the best of us. Uh, here's one for you out of the fucking blue. Mutant Blob's attack is back and it's on the Nintendo Switch. Where did it go? <laughs> It, well, it was a Vita game fucking hell? forever ago. If you don't know Mutant Blob's Attack, this is, of course, a drink box game. Okay. This is before they did Guacamelee. This is before they did Severed. This was like, they what, they did uh, Tales from Space about a blob, and that was the pub fun game that gave them funding and got them going. And then Mutant Blob's Attack was the basically Vita launch game they did. Uh, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if it was a Vita launch game or not. But it was one of the first round of Vita games. It was like one of the first downloadable games for Vita that was like, a, like re- I, it must have been a launch game. I remember playing it. I think I reviewed it. But it was, it was also the one, this is the demo I took. We've told this story before where... It was the first time I got to hold a Vita. I, I went behind closed doors, which was just a curtain that the drink box had <laughs> set up at PAX. And I went behind it and I got to hold a Vita, not having a, P, a PlayStation P, a PR person in my ear. And I was like, can I, can I look at trophies? Like how did the, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. And so that, it was the first time I ever got to look at how trophies were on PlayStation. Came back, me and Colin got all freaked out about it. And we're talking about it. It was crazy. Um, but it's back on Switch now. Out it's of gonna the blue. Sell, so. It's going to sell like 30 times more than it sold on Vita sure probably. It, dude. And now, granted, it's been since the launch of Vita, as I will continue to say, but that game was great then. It was a great platformer. A platformer. I assume it's still great now. And obviously, Drinkbox, uh, friends of the show, friends are kind of funny. Uh, support them everywhere you can. Should be good. Uh, Gakuin Club is now on Nintendo Switch as well. Here's one for you. Kevin! News for you. I don't think you know. Oh, shit. Out today, Tetris 99 Big Block DLC. Players can get additional modes for Tetris 99 <laughs> as they are as they are released with a one-time purchase of just $10 for this DLC. The initial game modes included are CPU battle. Play okay. Tetris 99 right. offline against 98 oh. CPU players. Right. Then marathon. Challenge yourself in this offline mode to clear the oh. most lines and score big. Oh, man, then silly. there's more coming. They don't say when. They'll detail them when they do. But that's happening. So now Tetris 99 for 10 bucks, which... Technically, it was free with your Nintendo Online mm-hmm. Pass, but also your ten bucks for your nine. But like, I would pay sixty bucks to play for it. offline, dude. Is I'm totally in. No, I'm a thousand percent in. Because that was one of the most disappointing things. It's like, what can't a great Tetris game. I want to practice. I, yeah. I want to play. I just want to play Tetris play. on a plane. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. And then no. having the marathon mode, I hope. I, I I feel like I wish there was a way to make it bigger on the screen. Mm. Oh, like turn the screen? Yeah, but like I, I switched that. That's not, not going to happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen here. Yeah, but yeah. it would be so easy. It would be. Just well, play it's on not its side. Happen, it's not going to happen. happen but hey, they I, listened and they did it. That's exciting. This They're getting is my 10 bucks exciting. when I get home or I get back to my Switch. Thanks, Kev. Get no ready for screencast. Kev, did you ever win Tetris 99? You did. Uh, I've won it twice. There he is. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? One more than me. Okay. Because I was going to say, I won, I won it once. Yeah. And I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it'll never happen again. Greg, do you ever get a win? Next on the list. Yeah. Right. Nah, yeah, I only got to two, right? That was my highest one. That's pretty impressive. Hey, well, it was, but like, you know? for, to, to the record. Just kidding. It's not. That silver medal probably Loser. looks really great. <laughs> Loser, look at him. He can't win. Literally. I played for the first two weeks and then stopped. You kept playing. Not that I'm taking anything away from you. You're right. 
this will get me game. back in though for sure because on the plane I'm always like I want to play something like that and I end up playing uh, Luminous which I love but I, I really See, I suck get... at Luminous I can't yeah. like mm-mm. I'm awesome at it so everybody can shut up I really want to get back into Tetris Effect Tetris Do Effect okay. best yeah. first level in a game like in forever like oh man yeah I, first I recent... level yeah dude with the whales and shit it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, all of it looks cool. Sometimes the the Tetrinos like don't like. <clears throat> I don't like when it's fire and it's like ah, this is. Messing Some of them with are my... hard to be like. What shape even is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, while we're here, nanobiologist and you're wrong. Says yes, Mutant Blobs Attack was a launch title for the PlayStation Vita. Thank you very much. Uh, and up next, Saints Row the Third comes to Switch. Lovecraft's Untold Stories comes to PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and Switch. Dragon Fangs: The Rose and Dungeon of Time comes to Xbox One. My Big Sister comes to Switch. <laughs> You know what I gotta see? We we looked this up earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, it's like a horror game or something. Oh right, you're right. My it apologies. was that like weird pixel art game. Uh, For the King comes to Xbox One. Ascendance comes for. I'm sorry, Ascendance First Horizon X comes to <laughs> Xbox One and Switch. The Super Serpent SE Sp- Super Space Serpent SE comes to Xbox One. Reverse Crawl comes to Xbox One. Dragon Pinball comes to Switch. Blazing Beaks comes to Switch. Grit. Overworld Survival comes to PC. The Last Hex comes to PC. Retro Pixel Racers comes to PC. And Zombie Watch comes to PC. Now, new dates for you. I've split them up. Tetris 99 has more to say. Starting May 17th, the next Maximus Cup online event is happening for all players with a Nintendo Switch online membership. Just like last Maximus Cup, this free event awards various points for each match played during the event period, even if you don't come in first place. So as usual, Tetris 99 fucking rad the beautiful game get it support it do your thing <laughs> it's time for reader mail but first i'm gonna tell you about our sponsors we're brought to you by hymns and 23andme hymns is a wellness brand for men you've heard us talk about hymns for a long time obviously you've heard that andy and nick use it you heard that nick steals andy's gummies you heard it's all about it but basically if you need help with your hair these are the place to go uh 66 of men start to lose their hair by the age 35 and once you start to notice thinning hair it can be too late Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and more for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Nathan? Listen, you got to get hymns because I, I promise your head doesn't look as good as mine. Hymns is helping guys be the best <laughs> versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. There's no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements here. These are prescription solutions backed by science. You don't have to go to an awkward in-person doctor visit or wait in long, long pharmacy lines. For hymns connects you to real doctors online, which can save you hours, and it's completely confidential and discreet. You answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review it, and if they determine it's right for you, they'll prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. You can order now. My listeners can get started with Hymns Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gamesdaily. 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. 23andMe. Uh, with 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Service Kit, you can explore more than 125 personalized genetic reports that may reveal the link between your DNA and your health traits and more, including your chances of developing certain diseases. 23andMe recently released their newest health report on type 2 diabetes, which tells your genetic likelihood for developing the disease and gives you personalized results and tools that can help with prevention. Diabetes is a growing public health challenge. One in three adults in the United States has prediabetes, but 90% of those with prediabetes don't know they have it. Type 2 diabetes is influenced by genetics. It's not just lifestyle and weight. Type 2 diabetes is a condition that typically develops as we get older and is caused by many factors, including diet, lack of proper exercise, weight gain, and our genes. And 23andMe wants to help. Order your 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service Kit at 23andMe.com games. That's the number 23andme.com slash games. Again, 23andme.com slash games, games. Nathan, yes. Where do I want to start with you? Let's do, let's go here. Titan Meteor mm-hmm. wants to call out somebody who's doing something right, and we don't do that enough. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where Titan Meteor crashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice one, Peter. Jokes. Recently, you've discussed how EA is trying to adre- address how it wants to engage more with its customers, or maybe set up soft launches, as they said happens often in Eastern markets. You also talked about Fallout 76 and Anthem having rough launches that may have benefited from an early access program. 
Rare has done these with Sea of Thieves. They do weekly dev blogs to address players' concerns and talk about upcoming changes slash content. They also have the Insider Program. This is a test version of Sea of Thieves in which players can test new content and give feedback to the dev team. Parentheses, WoW has similar test servers for years. Sea of Thieves wasn't perfect when it launched, but it has grown. Many devs have started trying to be more social and interact with their communities, but I still haven't noticed many doing as good a job as Rare has. Do you think that many devs don't have the ability to put the time into this kind of communication and test process? Or is it that most of the game dev community just focused on their product without seeing what their contemporaries are successfully doing? Great to give Rare a shout out, thank you. And then, yeah, yeah great question as well. Yeah, people love Sea of Thieves that, that play it, and, you know, they're doing... I mean, it wasn't the biggest launch of all time, so I sure. think they're doing, I'm, they're doing what they can to keep the people that are there still there, you know, and, yeah. and communicating with, you know, what concerns the community has and stuff like that, and iterating, and the test servers are great too. So, um, but I think it might be a little bit of both. Um, they may not have, you know, not every studio may have the ability to be like, all right, so we're going to get a couple community outreach guys and we're going to, you know, get a couple devs working specifically on yeah. you know, these hot fixes for these problems. Um, and it is a thing of I, we're calling out as we should uh, rare and wow for doing this. Other people do do it right. Like I know Division two right now does do the weekly update video where they talk through patch notes. They answer some questions. They keep you updated. What is they I added want, red hair? They added red hair. They do, well, they're working <laughs> on it. That's still not oh, out okay, yet. Okay. That's one of the things they know it's coming from. <laughs> I want to say they have a PC test server, but I'm not confident enough to say that actually. Fact, but the plenty of people do use the, the test servers to get in there and do stuff. I think Fortnite used to for a while, right? They had stuff mm, there where they yeah, let you get in there and test it. So. Um, there's people doing it that way, but again, with what you're asking, Titan, why aren't more people doing like Sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves, again, relatively new game, right? We're coming up on, what, a year of it being out, but that's still hard. Video game developers and live service games are giant ships. Yeah, so even you, if you want to turn the wheel that way, it takes a long time to get it going in that motion. Yeah, you can't start doing that today. Like, exactly, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, they, This is probably something that Rare was planning on doing maybe from the get-go, you know, like, oh, we have this live service game. We got to make sure that we write the ship and, you know, whenever a problem arises, try to try to nip it in the bud. Yeah. So I think I think, you know, the fact that EA came out and said that yesterday, was it two days ago? Uh, and that they hey, the game, way we make games is changing. The way we communicate is changing. We've yep. got to do that shows you that it's already happening. It's going that way. It's going that direction. People get that and in terms of test servers and all that. I think it just comes down to, yeah, what your bandwidth is. And if you feel like that, so many games want to surprise you. So it's hard to let people go in and fool around with stuff before. I know DC Universe Online PC used to do that as well. Well, there's the other side of that. Does Anthem have any kind of like communication or is everybody just like confused and angry that they Anthem, don't know what's going on? Anthem, no one is talking is That's what I understand. See, and I, I shouldn't say no one. They do have a community team. Sure. They do talk, but it's one of those. And I don't know. I shouldn't even say that. I, I'm not versed enough on the subject. Sure. From what I see when I glance at the Anthem at subreddit, like I read a post last night from somebody who was just like fucking tearing everybody apart. And it sounds like they're not getting enough out of him. But I have seen community manager types. I, I don't know who, you know, screenshot and put up there of like when I when we have something to say, we'll say it. So right. I think it's it's that difference of you obviously can't talk 24-7 and answer yeah. every question, yeah. but then you also, I don't think, can sit there and wait for the big update you want to push. You need to say, That's how you lose players. hey, we're not, we hear you, we know it, we're working on that issue, that's back on the priority. It's the same thing, and I'm not even trying to start a fight, with the Epic Game Store and their tre their Trello being public. I'm like, here's what we're working on, here's what's six months out, here's what a year, like, they're trying to, if you have those questions, find those answers, that would go really far, I think, for Anthem, if they were to open up that part of it and be like, for real, here's where we're at. Let's bear the bones. Let's show you what we're working on and where we're at and why things are getting delayed. If you're talking about it, you're winning. That's what Morgan Webb said on the recent episode of 1099 Podcast. So it's like I I totally believe that, you know, this kind of community outreach on games like this is is really important with the yeah. live service because, like I said, you're going to lose players if if you're playing and you're like, ah, oh, fuck this, this bug, like, and you look it up and they're not, they, you don't know if they're fixing it. So it's just like, well, whatever. There's a million games that come out every day. I'm going to switch to one of those. Nanobiologist just keeps me honest. What I'm confused on is Division 2 is getting a PC server, a PC test server with the title update three next week. Rainbow Six Siege already has test servers for all new patches. Thank you. And people love that because, you know, they keep updating and, you know, everybody's excited about what's coming up. They're going to have like 100 operators within 10 years or whatever they said. So like, I don't know. It's, it's a good way to keep the game healthy. In... Indeed. 
What is that song from? Oregon Trail. Okay, got it. Um, PJ Bernardo writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. I wanted to do this one. And says, reading an article about Ubisoft and their games not trying to make a political statement. He links us to it. It's The Verge uh, from yesterday, Ubisoft Ghost Recon Breakpoint Politics. Uh, I realized I've never really thought of games as political statements. Even games like The Division were more like a what-if story than statements about our, of the political climate. Uh, do you get political statements from certain games? Are there examples of games that are making political statements? Should the Ubisoft games be interpreted as political statements? BJ Bernardo. I went to art school. So Here we go, everybody! <laughs> yeah. Kevin, get him a beret! We got, we got an artsy guy over here. Um, so, I don't know. I always see... I think anything is inherently political in that you think it's worthwhile to put out in the world, yeah. right? And so for The Division 2 to be an interesting what-if scenario, it has to be a counterpoint to something going on in the world sure. now or a reflection of it or, you know, where you might see things going in the future. Yeah. So I, I think anything can, you can look at it as political. Um, you know, who are the good guys in the game? Who are the bad guys in the game? What does that say about the culture that, you know, we're in right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think, you know, not everything is that political as, as you know, Tetris 99 isn't as political as the division too, yeah, yeah. but you know, them, I don't know. I don't know if I really buy like, Oh, this isn't political at Here's, all. I, this is when, when it happened with the division two mm-hmm. where they're like, this game is not political. And people are like, it's about fucking taking over Washington DC and fighting. They're like, it's not political. I'm putting words in their mouth, interpreting it a very specific way, but I can only speak from my own personal experience. To me, what that means to them is it's not political. Is it's not about fighting Trump. It's not about right. fighting Republicans. When right. I hear political for the to this day for the my first knee jerk action is that politics, American politics. Yeah. What AOC is saying and how this person's yelling and blah 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 blah. The current climate of politics in the United States for so many people, rightfully so. Politics isn't government politics. It's the politics of being a person and what this politics. means and da 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 da. And I think. That gets missed when I, when uh, Colin Campbell did the Polygon feature on me, right? Mm-hmm. I forget what the exact line was now anymore, but in there there was a uh, we were talking about this, and it was, I think you know my whole be better to everybody and like hey I want to I want to try to be an example of a good person yeah. on the internet, right? And there was the thing, well, where do you come down on politics, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that wasn't this point of the question, right? But my quote that got in the article was something like. Oh man, I don't even, I just, politics, I don't even care about, or something like that. It was something to that effect. Yeah. Which got to me meant, I don't give a shit about this whole Democrat, Republican. Can we just get people who care about the people and want to take care and make the climate better and save the earth and da da da? But what a lot of people on the internet interpreted that was is like, I don't care. I'm middle of the road on everything. You can be a Nazi, you can not be a Nazi. No, fuck Nazis. That's not, I mean, that's not what I was saying. I was saying like, yeah. I don't trust any fucking politician because <laughs> they're all fucking assholes yeah. most of the time. Yeah, like so. that's the thing I think gets twisted around. And I know you know one of the things the division two took on the chin in reviews from a lot of people were, and I'm talking about reviews that deservedly so uh, should exist, not the gameplay mechanics of it, but what is this game saying? What am yeah. I what am I spending in hundred hours playing? Yeah, and it was like, yeah, you're just fighting random groups that all are trying to take over DC but we don't even really know what the motivation of them were right yeah. I do think that like you know uh, what you fight the the true sons in the game right and the hyenas and all these different things it would have gone further if the hyenas had some weird marching order that could have stemmed out of what's happening now in current culture but it didn't they're just a bunch of assholes who do drugs and want to take over and they're publicly executing people right, right. okay like that's enough <laughs> of a motivation for me to do it and again I know it sounds silly because it's a game in DC about like bioterrorism. Yeah, is that the place to do it? Because I to try to make a real political statement. Because of course, it's me and Scott Lowe last night playing, talking about what I had for dinner and right. where he's going. Yeah. And when are we going to see each other? Three, and we're just going like I don't know. It, then we're doing Anthem situation where Anthem, one of the big problems, right, is it's this push and pull of. Ah, we're a games of service. Go have fun with your friends. Also, we're trying to tell you a story that you can only get by going off and talking in one on one conversations with yep. NPCs, and it's like. Well, who the fuck knows what's going on? Yeah. And so I think as you get into these, like you're saying, Tetris 99 doesn't need to be political in the way any it doesn't isn't political in the way Division Two or now uh, Breakpoint could be interpreted as mm-hmm. political. But there is something there of you know even in this in, uh, moving away from 
Democrats, Republicans, the political nature of, cool, you're an elite U.S. force invading this weird place and you've been captured and now one of your guys has gone rogue. And even the division, it is that thing of getting to the end where last night in you know Endgame stuff where I'm fighting Black Tusk mm-hmm. and Black Tusk's whole thing is like, cool, you've been running in with all your crazy technology. These guys have it and even further advanced than you with their their you know Boston Dynamic robots that are fucking yeah. attacking yeah. you. Yeah. Well, like there's I, something to be said for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, far from authorial intent, like I can get a political message from something that wasn't even intended from the people that made the game. Sure. But, you know, I can interpret and you can interpret anything as political. So, I mean, I don't know that saying like, oh, this isn't a political game. Like that doesn't hold a lot of water. I and, think- I, and I also think like with most great art and you as an art student, where's the beret could tell me or uh, art graduate um, mm-hmm. is the idea that it's all through your lens. Right. Yeah. So when I am playing the division two and I am fighting the true sons and they literally do yell, I think. Right. Or uh, they say something to the effect of it's not your country anymore. Right. Like the the division agent I'm playing is fighting for that constitution and the dark, and that the, is a political thing, yeah, right? <laughs> and when I go in and I see how they've they have their own thing and they do the flag differently now, right? Like that resonates with me as you know what I vision my morals as an American are. I'm projecting that onto my avatar who is playing, and I'm then also making up the projection for what their motivations are and what they're out for. Sure. And so yeah, I, I when you walk into these games, like you know. Should they be political? What, what, you know, even games like Division are more like a what if, right? It's a great what if that I think then allows you to come in and paint it the way you want to paint it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then it's not making a statement. But then again, I also don't know. Like, I don't. Hey, I'm. I love making uh, games as a service where you play with your friends. And what? do I need to have the statement at the end that's like, "And government's bad." Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Or this one sector. We had a lot of fun today, but yeah. remember, yeah, all exactly. politicians are bastards, yeah. right? So it's like it's an interesting thing, and it's art, and it's all up open for interpretation. But that's how I've walked away from all these games yeah. when I play them. And so when I see the fucking Punisher at the end of the trailer, I'm not like, well, we're going we're gonna to get into some real home, go. homeland <laughs> security politics that are about to really fucking pop off. But there is a like, this is what happens when you know. These guys we trained to be killers forever go rogue. Something to be said. Exactly. <laughs> Barrett, don't go rogue, okay? Um, I can't promise anything. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you didn't know, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You give me your name, your username, your platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you. Everyone has a good time. Today, John needs help. On PlayStation 4, uh, John's last name is Gobel, G-O-E-B-E-L, and the PSN name is Gobel Fam, G-O-E-B-E-L-F-A-M. Hey, everyone! I'm looking for some peeps to play Mortal Kombat 11 with on PlayStation 4. I'm an average fighting game player, and I'm willing to play against anyone. Playing against awesome players only helps me get better. No sore winners or losers, please. I promise I am not either one. After all, it's just a game. I work shifts, so who knows when I'll be on, but... I'll be there at some point. So let's get together and brutally murder each other for sport. Friendship. If you want to kill people, mainly John, in Mortal Kombat 11, hit him up at GobelFam on PSN. Time for You're Wrong. This is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Uh, Lord of Pwn wrote in and said, this isn't a you're wrong, but concerning the Final Fantasy VII remake release timing. Yes. Square has said that they expect a huge title to launch in Q3, October to December 2019, but that it may slip to Q4. When asked about it, they just said announcements will be made in the lead up to E3 2019. This is from February 2019, VG247. Oh. So there you go. Maybe, maybe you can hold your maybe breath. Avengers. Also maybe Avengers. Also true. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll you want to? You want to believe it's Final Fantasy? You fucking go for it. I will. Hey, hey. Oh, Lord of Pwn with break. It says, Miss News. If you score 100 points in the Tetris 99 Maximus Cup, you unlock a Game Boy skin for Tetris 99. Oh, shit. You bet your fucking ass I'm going to be trying for that. Hell yeah. All right. There Hell you go. Yeah. Um, Nanobiologist says Miss Dates uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered is coming to Switch on May 21st and Lost Tales of Greece DLC One Really Really Bad Day is released for free on all Odyssey players on March 14th hmm. is it? Uh, This is one of those things you gotta, I gotta ch- If you're gonna come in with like something Saying like this is what you gotta give me a Your link. Your hair I can't. is wrong. No, that's fine. I don't mind that. My hair is always wrong. Uh, I need See, links. It's easy. It's easy. You just links. do this and it's exactly. Easy. Just shave. Yeah, you, yeah. You getting ready? It must I roll be the out easiest of bed thing in the world. I'm fucking ready. You know what I mean? Um, 
Alright, cool. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Nathan, where can people keep up with you? I'm at Two Headed Giant at everything Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Okay. Um, You'll be back streaming on Wednesday. Wednesday, yep, this upcoming Wednesday. Don't know what I'm going to be playing, but like to play a lot of retro games. It might just be some random N64 game, it might be nice. something new. Um, I still have to beat Yoshi. So everybody's got to be Play Yoshi. Donkey Kong 64. No, don't I have it on my Wii U. Yeah, you do. I might, I might do Woo! that. I might, I'll do it for Barrett. Hashtag, hashtag do it for Barrett. <laughs> just do it for Barrett. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash two headed giant. You were amazing. Thank you so much today. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every week to end a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news. You need to know about if you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Watch it live. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Watch it later. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Listen on podcast services around the globe. I left rooster teeth off, but they're there too. Um, next week, your hosts go like this. I'm at E3 judges week, which means pandemonium here. I have some question marks here and I also don't fully understand or believe that Andrew will be here on Friday. But what I have written down is Monday, <laughs> Fran and Tim. Tuesday, Fran and Tim. Wednesday, Tim and Gary Witta. Thursday, Fran and question marks. Friday, Greg and Andrea. Can we just get a really big question mark sign that we just have Fran host with? It's going to no. be like an unlockable fighter. Fran will go mad. Like a shadowy person. Fran will go <laughs> insane. Fran can host a show by himself for an hour. He won't get out of housekeeping. If no one's there to keep him moving, he will, it'll be an hour and a half of housekeeping. Where he's, well, I'm also on this bowl of destiny. Oh, but then I got the Gallahorn. Yo, oh, oh, I'm an arrow. Ladies Very and good impression. Oh, I've been around Fran a long time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>